0: everybody and welcome again to Nerd in the Third Power, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy and awesome. I'm your host, Master Ceremonies, Dr. Gonzo. Welcome again to our headline show. This is where we get to talk at length about some stuff that's happened in our respective geek cultures that we don't really get a chance to talk about on the show because of time constraints. So we're going to get to talk at length and snark about some of our uh, favorite news stories over the last few weeks. So with that, take it away guys.
1: Hello, welcome to the Multiverse Headlines, your weekly dose of comic book news with your host, Multiverse Ryan. You see, that's kind of serendipitous right there. So, a major con's coming up this weekend, Emerald City Comic Con, so you know what that means. That's right, it's time for another Image Expo. Image Expo is usually their own sort of smaller con they use to spotlight their new titles coming up later this year or next year. They've got some nice talent lined up this year: Brian Azzarello, Brendan Fletcher, Joe Harris. Of course, the regulars like Rick Remender, Joe Hickman, uh, newcomers like Karen Berger, who we haven't seen since she left Vertigo. So they have a lot of plethora of new comics and characters, and uh, definitely creators coming into it. How many will stay is a better question. Uh, what I like about the Image Expo and I like what they do, it is that sort of spotlight on these different creators and these different books. Something that could be lost in the shuffle in major cons, Emerald City Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con, when they usually will do their Image Expo. This year uh, looks like some interesting titles. You can check all the different titles out. I could list them all out and go over different explanations of all of them, but I would be here for probably 20 sub-odd minutes, and I don't want to take up too much time of everyone else. My always major concern, though, the Image Expo, is that while they do have some hits when they come out of here, The Wicked Divine being one of them, and Rick Remender's Black Science, which I think will be going up to its third volume here pretty soon, a lot of times these books are sort of one and done. They get their issues out, and they're never seen from or heard from again. Which is sad because I know Image is at least trying their hardest to get themselves out notice and get these books out for their creators. Because remember, these are all different creator-owned books. So if these books are successful, the creator is successful as well. It's an initiative they've been pushing for several years now. And this is what's bringing a lot of different cool things to Image and is increasing their market shares and dollar shares They want to go into the business side of things. But with every increase, there always seems to be just a bunch of books no one reads. Again, hopefully this is going to change up here pretty soon. And it might be. The attitudes are changing around from the different eras. So with that being said, let's move on to the uh, big two for the moment here. I got some small news stories for them. Um, I'm probably not going to get too much more until Emerald City Comic Con comes. Uh, I wish these headlines were taking place uh, a week later and I have some more information for you. But hey, take what you can get. Over with Marvel, they have been promoting Civil War 2 big summer crossover that's going to be taking place almost quite close to the Civil War movie coming out. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, synergy. The difference, though, is that we still don't have a lot of information going on. We've seen some preview pages and a lot of different uh, tie-ins have been showing up. Uh, some of the big stickers, though, is that some of these tie-ins and some of these issues are kind of up there in price. We're looking close to $3.99, 4 dollars for some of these issues, and that is... Not definitely turning off a few fans or making them very wary of at least starting or getting some done. But major crossovers usually always sell. So even with that price point, I can guarantee you there's going to be a lot being sold. But on the other side, there's actually a storyline that's being promoted, not stealthily, but sneakily, if we can put it this way. And that's the Spider-Man Dead No More uh, event coming up. All they've really done is been teasing covers for it, and we don't know too much about the story. The first cover was a really big tease, showing a lot of different dead characters coming possibly back to life, with... Ben, Uncle Ben, in the forefront of it all. And that left a lot of people worried. As more covers started to show up, we began to realize there's something else going on here, and that the main antagonist of this is probably going to be Dr. Octopus, who, if you remember, last was seen in Superior Spider-Man, a series that, well... Besides some really good reviews, some fans didn't quite catch on to it or didn't like how the story took place. To see Dr. Octopus again back in the forefront coming back to life, well, we're not sure about it either. But you never know, it's a new universe, quote unquote. So we'll see what happens and where it goes. Over at DC, the last time I talked about DC was DC Rebirth. At the time I was talking about the series, uh, I didn't have any craters behind them all. Yeah, I knew the titles. But we didn't know who was actually writing or who's actually drawing them. Well, thanks to WonderCon, there was a big announcement about who the creators were. You can go and check out WonderCon. They or even the write-up for it. And the solicitations already came out as well. So you'll see those books starting to show back up. And you start to see somehow what they're doing and how they're sort of not necessarily reforming the universe, but definitely trying to bring things in from old 52 and new 52, if you will. One of the big things, though, from it looks like, though, is that our main Superman character is changing. Which is strange to say that. It looks like the pre-52 Superman is going to be the main Superman of, this, of the universe, again. While we don't know exactly what's going to happen to the new 52 Superman, there's been a lot of hints that they may just be killing the character off completely. Who knows? We'll see when things come about. Other than that, this event will start off in May with a big rebirth series, and then it's going to start tapering into June and July. Think of this as sort of their version of the big summer blockbuster crossover. Except not really crossing over, they're sort of cleaning house, if you will. Uh, Also, with this involved, a lot of people getting new costumes again, and you can take a look at them, see how you like them. I know it's all going to be a personal opinion. So that's it for the major comic paper news. Let's move over into. TV. Yeah, I haven't done TV in a while, have I? So a couple weeks ago, the Supergirl and Flash series happened. Yes, they had a crossover episode. Now if you don't understand how big this is, you have to remember that Supergirl and Flash are on two different networks. Usually when crossover things happen like this, uh, a good example, Sleepy Hollow and Bones, I think late last year, had a crossover episode. Which is not surprising, because they're both on Fox. You can do that. Fox owns both series. Moving characters left and right, yeah, easy. Moving characters from CBS and the CW, and having them meet, that is a lot harder, and I think whoever is in charge should be, I think, praised. Because this is a risk. For all intents and purposes, having the Flash on the CBS show is sort of a commercial for the CW show. Not a lot of networks would do a commercial for a rival network show. But since all these characters are under the same banner of DC, and all put together by the same production company, they're able to sort of, I guess, wiggle their way through it. And it was a fantastic episode, up and down. I loved all of it. And if you haven't seen it yet, please check it out. I'm pretty sure it's on CBS.com or On Demand or anything like that. But meanwhile, seeing all this happen, guess what? We have another new comic book show coming to TV and you won't believe where it is, and you won't believe who it is. Oh, look, I'm starting to sound like a clickbait site. Anyway, over at ABC Freeform, that used to be ABC Family, yes, I didn't know they changed their name either, they're going to be getting Cloak and Dagger made over there. Marvel t- title that, truth be told, I never thought would actually be coming up to TV, but we live in a brand new age. We're not sure when the pro- pilot will take place. They know they are developing it, but we'll have to keep an eye out to see when it might happen. Also, this is going to be on their ABC Family show, or ABC Freeform now. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, well, not what I'd call an adult series, but they're definitely very mature characters. So I wanted to see if they maybe take a different route with them. Again, we'll have to wait and see when it all comes, comes about. Well, looky here, I've sort of run out of uh, things to talk about. So, hey, hopefully, see you guys next time. I'll have some more information about maybe IDW, maybe Boom. See what they're doing. Check out Emerald City Comic Con. See their news. I'll try to update everyone as much as I can. In the meantime, I'm going to turn things over to my colleagues and their headlines. Take it away, guys.
2: Why, thank you. Viz Media recently announced that they've partnered with talent and literary agency United Talent Agency with the purpose of developing live-action content based on their library of licenses. On the partnership, Viz Chief Marketing Officer Brad Woods said, Bringing the rich stories of manga and anime to life in new ways is an exciting opportunity with tremendous potential. UTA is an innovator that shares our vision and their proven track record and strong relationships throughout the domestic and international entertainment sectors will be important factors as we move forward. This is an interesting move for Viz. Now, back in 2008, they launched Viz Productions, whose purpose was to license and produce live-action films and TV shows based on anime and manga. Despite having been around now for a few years, Viz Productions has only been part of one major well-known film, which was Edge of Tomorrow starring Tom Cruise, and it didn't really do that well in the box office, and they changed the name for the DVD and Blu-ray release. So yeah, they have worked on other projects, including an award-winning cosplay documentary, but otherwise, I haven't really heard too much about them over the past few years owning a talent agency and a licensing company now that would definitely streamline the whole production process and hopefully they'd be able to get some really notable titles out there nice and fast which would be great for the whole industry of course the Biggest news out of the past few weeks is that Toonami, alongside production IG, is going to produce more episodes of FLCL. The 12 episodes they plan on producing will span two seasons and center around a teenaged girl named Hidomi whose life gets flipped turned upside down when a new teacher named Haruko arrives at her school. The story promises not to leave us hanging with what happened after the end of the original FLCL and will answer questions like why did Haruko bother to return to Earth and what happened to her Rickenbacker 4001? The news has left fans somewhat divided, mostly happy, but somewhat divided. On the one hand, FLCL had great reviews, won tons of awards, and was overall one of the most popular series of its day. On the other hand, What if they screw up? What if they can't capture that same magic of the original series? What if the new characters aren't likable? What if the animation isn't that great? What if the anime industry and audience tastes have changed so much over the past few years that even a perfect homage just isn't entertaining anymore? It's a scary thought because a bad sequel carries the risk of tainting our view of the original. I guess we'll find out when it gets released, which will be late 2017 or early 2018. Don't know yet. The other big, big news is that there's going to be a live-action Full Metal Alchemist film. The major characters have all been cast, and idol-slash-actor Yamada Oriosuke will take the lead as Edward Elric. Unnamed sources have stated that the first half of the film will follow the manga faithfully, and the second half will deviate into an original story. The film will release in Japanese theaters sometime next year. Now, if that turns out to be true about the whole deviating into its own story, then I'm sorry guys, but this movie is probably not going to be so great. We already know what FMA looks like when it doesn't follow the manga because the 2003 series exists, and while it has its merits and it's good on its own, it's really no brotherhood, or the manga for that matter. How can you cram half of a 27-volume series into a two-hour movie? Well, you eliminate half, if not more, of the characters, and then you just change the end to something that might make sense. Japanese live-action films do that a lot, and the changes never seem to go over super well with the audience. Take the live-action Attack on Titan film. They added new characters, changed a bunch of stuff around, and it really just didn't work. It didn't make a good film, much less a good version of Attack on Titan. So, needless to say, I worry for a Full Metal Alchemist film. The thing that I find the most odd though is why they waited so long. FMA peaked in popularity years ago. Same with making more FLCL. Both of these franchises have been quiet for a long time, FLCL especially. Why make more now? Who knows, but as long as they're both good, who cares? Of course, the other thing that I've seen some fans freaking out over is Square Enix's announcement of a five-episode anime and a 3D CG film for the Final Fantasy XV game. Brotherhood Final Fantasy XV is a prequel anime following the adventures of the game's main party members, Prince Noctis, your playable character, and his friends Gladiolus, Ignis, and Prompto. It's already begun streaming on Crunchyroll.com worldwide, except in Japan, China, French-speaking territories, and German-speaking territories, because licenses are weird like that. Or you can just watch the thing on YouTube, if it's in your region. I haven't heard any reviews yet, but it looks pretty good. The animation looks pretty cool. The film, entitled Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV, takes place during the game and details what happens to the main character's father, King Regis, after Noctis begins his quest. King Regis will be voiced by Sean Bean, so, you know, maybe don't get super attached. Another character in the film will be voiced by Lena Headey, because the universe loves irony. There's not a whole lot of release information out yet. We know it'll be downloadable and streamable sometime before the game comes out. And a Blu-ray copy will come with a deluxe and Ultimate Collector's editions of the game, which comes out September 30th. Now, the film was made by the staff that made Advent Children, so of course it looks like it'll be 110 minutes of gorgeous, if nothing else. It does look pretty awesome, though, so even I, as the non-gamer of the crew, will probably still check it out. And finally, a quick bit of J-pop news, Momo Iro Clover Z, known for their music in Sailor Moon Crystal and Bodacious Space Pirates, announced a four-performance tour of the U.S. There aren't dates or venues yet, but we do know they'll be in Hawaii, New York, and L.A., presumably sometime later this year or early next year. More information as it becomes available. And that's all I've got going on in the anime and manga world. Over to you, Dr. Gonzo.
0: We open with some sad news today as online geek culture publication The Escapist has said goodbye to a number of staff members. The Escapist parent company Defy Media implemented a number of layoffs last week and closed down its office in Durham, North Carolina. This makes The Escapist the second major Gaming publication this year to see some shrinkage with a shutdown of game trailers earlier this year. While Defy has yet to announce the reason for the layoffs at this time, we at Nerd of the Third would like to wish good luck to all those who've been let go. Keep your chin up, guys. You can bounce back from this. And in lighter news, Street Fighter producer Yoshinori Ono, who is not in any way related to a certain music lady who gives Beatles fans conniptions, has expressed interest in a Marvel vs. Capcom-style fighting game, only this time the collaboration would be with Nintendo. Ono expressed these sentiments in an interview with StreetPass UK earlier this week, no doubt spurred by the success of previous X ex- vs. Capcom fighters and the introduction of Ryu to Super Smash Bros. late last year. And while the question of who would win in a fight, Akuma or Giga Bowser is one that has puzzled the philosophers for many centuries, Ono should probably check his enthusiasm since Nintendo has a history of not attaching their name to a half-finished product. The jokes write themselves, people. Well, April 15th is nearly upon us, but it seems the IRS isn't the only Legion of Hell that we'll be dealing with this tax day, as Bethesda has announced that the beta for the next Doom will be open to all this April 15th through the 17th. It will include all of the same multiplayer content that has been in the closed beta so far, and will be open to players of all platforms planned for the game's release. Bethesda has also announced their DLC plans for the game, with DLC packs in the works to be sold singly for $14.99 apiece, or as an all-in-one season pass for 40 bones. The first of these DLC is due out the summer and will be an expansion to the game's multiplayer. And on April 6th, Microsoft released both the cover art and release date for Gears of War 4. The new installment in the cover-based shooter will be released this October 11th, with a multiplayer beta opening April 18th through the 24th. And now, a spin through the rumor mill. A series of leaked documents and images have dropped hints that the next game in the God of War series is moving out of Greece and into Norse mythology. The images and documents were broke by nerd leaks and includes what appears to be concept art for the game, including what appears to be Yggdrasil, the world tree. God, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Which is central to Norse mythology. Now, while I understand why Kratos would kill off the Greek pantheon, I mean, mythology shows the Greek gods were dicks. I'm sort of puzzled as how they plan to set off Kratos' beef with the Norse gods. I mean, seriously, Kratos, what did Odin the Allfather ever do to you? Are you jealous of Thor's luxurious mane of hair? Only time will tell. And finally, the mod community for a game can extend a game's shelf life for years at a time, but this is probably the first time we've seen a modder have to make a game playable first. But that's exactly what happened this week with the release of a mod for Aliens Colonial Marines. Templar GFX's ACM overhaul pretty much rebuilds the game's mechanics from the ground up, rebalancing weapons, fixing graphical bugs, and most importantly, making the titular aliens the fearsome threat they were in the movies. To quote the description on ModDB, Experience Aliens Colonial Marines how it should have been when it came out. Heavily balanced and play-tested for the exciting, successful, and most importantly, fun gameplay. The mod can be found on Mod DB, and I gotta say, it's quite impressive. I got to try it out earlier this week, and I gotta tell you, it makes me no longer regret buying ACM before Steam's refund policy was implemented. And you know, now that Templar GFX has done finishing up this half-finished game, maybe Sega or Gearbox should consider giving them a job. That is, if Capcom doesn't snatch them up first. I know what you're thinking, and the answer is, I'll stop saying it when it stops being true. And that's all the headlines that we have for this episode. We will see you next week. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. As always, I'm Dr. Gonzo. Taka, play us out.